Eye on the Empire, episode 351. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. The authority is total. The authority is total. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. In an empire lies, the truth is treason. The truth is treason. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. By the military-industrial complex. What's up, everybody? Ray here, host of Eye on the Empire, your source for all the things that are going on in the United States of America, and I'll cover, uh, I cover some foreign policy and things like that, For cover a lot of the politics that's going on in Washington, that's kind of my goal, is to always be searching for news and events that are going on that might affect your liberty, might affect your freedom, I know liberty and freedom is a tainted word nowadays, uh, we're supposed to just go along and go with the flow, do, do what we're supposed to do, do what they tell us to do. Uh, keep our mouths shut, and if we get out of line, we're going to be silenced on Facebook, Twitter, and any other place that we're at, and uh, they're likely to get you fired from your job as well if you say the wrong thing. So uh, that's what I'm going to be looking for, is things like that in the news, things like that in the media, and so forth. And uh, today, you know, I wanted to talk about a couple different topics, but the first thing I wanted to talk about, because I was just looking into some things, and you know... The Biden administration is getting a free pass a lot on things that Donald Trump would have got beat the crap on. Like, he would have got destroyed if he was in office and these people happened to um, be covering him and this relationship to what's going on. Like in Texas, for example, if if this was a Donald Trump administration, he would have been 100% to blame for all the things that are going on in the in Texas with the power outages and so forth with people freezing to death like all that blood would have been on his hands in the media and you don't hear a peep from the media regarding Joe Biden which in my opinion neither of them would be at fault or to blame or like neither of them have anything to do with Texas but then again if you look at the way that the media portrays things that Donald Trump does versus what um, Joe Biden's doing, it's just a completely different story. And that's just, to me, it's absolutely insane. Uh, the way that they go about that. Another example that I have is down in Texas along the border, they do have some of these, uh, these camps, these, these, uh, internment camps, you might say, if you were under a, uh, Trump administration, that's what they would call them, or they would call them concentration camps for kids. If they were, if this was a, uh, if this was a Donald Trump administration, but since it's a Biden administration, they're called, uh, tent or excuse me in under the, uh, Trump administration, they were calling them tent cities and so forth that they're sticking these kids in. Now they're called soft sided buildings and they're not called internment camps or prison camps or whatever other, you know, derogatory term that they were calling them before, now they're just uh, places where they're taking the kids. You know, like, there's a completely different definition of the same exact thing 
through what the the way that the media is um the way that the media is handing out this information and talking to the people about this information it's completely completely two different ways that they're doing it and it's 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 hypocritical it is it's misleading if anything and if anyone's misleading the public it is the is the mainstream media and the way that they portray a specific administration based upon their politics based upon the the r or the d in front of their name and it's just amazing um it's i mean it's 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 blatantly being done right now versus in the past when it was not blatantly being done excuse me it's always been blatantly being done but nowadays it's just that much more so it just blows my mind and then the final example that I have of it is, I mean, there, there's hundreds of examples, and I would just, this is just kind of a lighthearted one right here, is that the other day I'm sitting there watching a uh, news clip, and it's of the press pool. They're outside of the White House, and I guess Joe Biden's out there walking his dog, and him, he's out there with his wife, and the, and the press pool is just sitting there with this... In awe, you would say that's the only way to describe it. They're in awe of this guy. Like these are reporters that are supposed to be slightly unbiased, and we all know that there's it's impossibly unbiased. But these people are supposed to at least have some sort of semblance of being unbiased, and somebody who is going to try to, you know, be critical of the power structure that's in front of them. Because if you're not, as a reporter, if you're not critical of every single word that comes out of a politician's mouth, then you're not doing your job. Because everything that a politician says, whether it's a Democrat or a Republican politician, everything that they say is carefully scripted and carefully worded propaganda in order to get you to agree with their side on something. Every single word. So when Fox News is interviewing the politician congressperson on Fox and Friends in the morning, that's carefully scripted. That, that's designed to follow a certain narrative, to change people's minds in a certain way. And when the Democrat politician is being interviewed on MSNBC, the same exact thing. But we look at those people as if they are telling the truth and they're not telling the truth they're telling the truth as they want it to be perceived or they're telling people what they want to be perceived because perception is key perception is key for example the you might have seen the little news media clip recently with the um perception of people's view of how many black americans that are unarmed are killed per year by police officers. And if you look at Democrat or people that are left-leaning, liber, lib, liberal people, uh, the overwhelming majority think that over a thousand people, unarmed black men, are killed every single year. When it's more like 10 or 15. I think the highest was like 27 unarmed black people since they started taking these things. I think it was like 19 last year total unarmed black men. But, but if you're a liberal, your perception is 
because the way that the media portrays it, your perception as a liberal is that there is a genocide going on against African-American men. That cops are just pulling up next to him and start shooting at him. But that's the perception. When you look at other people, they might have a different perception of things. It's how it's framed in your mind is how the media gets it. So these politicians or these uh, these reporters are sitting outside of the White House and Joe Biden's out there with Miss Biden and they're walking their dog and they're just saying, oh, I love your dog. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, he's so nice. But they're trying to get Joe Biden unscripted to get out there and talk to them. In the way they're doing it, they're just fawning over this guy as if he's like the greatest thing in the world. And maybe they're trying to build rapport. Maybe the Biden administration is keeping himself two, two points removed or two spaces removed from the pe- press pool because there's something else going on, which we all know mental stability type things possibly might be going on. I mean, that's, that's the speculation. So he's probably keeping these people a little far away in order to not allow them to see the true Joe Biden, possibly. I mean, you never know. But are these people, if if they caught a nugget of something, of the 50 people or 100 people that are in the press pool, if they caught a nugget or a glimpse of him having Alzheimer's or him doing something questionable, would they even cover it? Would they? They, I doubt it. I, I highly doubt it. Because he's getting only softball questions right now. If he does these town, this town hall event the other day, he sounded like a gibbering idiot. He sounded like he didn't know what he was talking about. He sounded like somebody who kept forgetting his sentences midway through. And maybe that's just the way that it was framed in my mind. Because everything that we see is framed a certain way. If you're a libertarian and you listen to libertarian shows like this, then I'm going to frame it a certain way. If you will listen to the right-wing media, they're going to frame it a certain way. If you listen to the left-wing media, they're going to frame it a certain way. So maybe it was framed in my mind that way when I started listening to it. But he didn't sound right. He sounded a little bit off to me. So would these, pre- these reporters really care? I don't know. I have no idea. But hopefully they would. I mean, they're not going to look at him the same way they do the Trump administration, which is beat up on Trump all t- all day, every day. Now, you guys know my feelings about Donald Trump, but he was not somebody who I support. I didn't vote for him either time. I don't think I would have. I wouldn't have voted for Biden either, so don't think that I'm going on to the left. I just, you know, if you listen to the show any amount of time, you know I'm going to vote libertarian just on principle. Even if it's a bad libertarian, I would vote on principle in some way. Now, maybe if it was like, the only way I would not is if it was like someone that was clearly worse than, say, one of the two Republicans, but usually the libertarian candidate is at least slightly better. Maybe not known. There's no chance they're going to win. People laugh at me because of that. But I don't need to be on the winning team. I just need to make a point in my own mind. But you do have these people who... who um will only vote, you know, one way or the other. But anyway, besides that point, my my thought is that with Donald Trump being the person that he was, the media 
was completely obliterating him every single day, day in and day out. And it was because he was not of the swamp. He was not a normal politician. A lot of people liked him because of that. As a matter of fact, I liked him because of that. I thought that it was a good thing to have somebody out there like that. It actually put a lot of, what would you say? It put a lot of people in a position they got to see just how just how bad government is. That may be why people don't trust government right now. Because you saw the, the stars align against him. You saw a dysfunctional government. It was completely dysfunctional under this guy. So that could have been a good thing. I don't know. I mean, the, I'm not the person that says tear down the system by any means. Although I would like to piece, take it apart piece by piece. I think that would be good for America. So let me get on to this article. I found one. It was um, Glenn Greenwald. He's a liberal, completely liberal, but this guy is great on free speech lately, right? And uh, he did an article. I'm not going to start reading the article word for word. I don't think that that's right to do. But if you want to check it out, you could actually subscribe to him over at, um, what's the website called? He, I'll go and click on it right now just so... I can see he's on Substack. So I think if you go to greenwald.substack.com, you can find his information. But he's been really good on the free speech issue. And he has been just talking about how the, the Democrats have this thing, and it's the entire left wing. They have this thing where they're trying to silence alt, alt, alternative voices. They're si- trying to silence opposition voices and we've been talking about this show on this show for a pretty long time and several of the people from congress got together and they wrote a letter to the cable companies and some of the satellite companies and so forth and the phone companies and said why are you cover or why are you carrying newsmax and fox news don't you know that they are um they are expounding or, you know, propagating people. They're sending propaganda out, the misinformation out, and so forth. And then they said at the end that they think that they should, those companies or the letter said, that we think that you should get take these news agencies off of your air. And that is clearly something that is stepping on the First Amendment, your constitutional right to... Uh, to a free press, that the Congress shall pass no law regarding the freedom of press. And it's just amazing that they would actually have the nerve to send a letter like that to these companies. Like, that is Congress people. There's at least a semblance of authority. There's some sort of authority in your mind when you get that letter as the president of one of these companies and it's signed by people in Congress, it's kind of like the mafia coming into your, into your store and asking you, for, asking you to do a certain thing. And if you don't, they say, well, too bad. Or wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be bad if something happened to your wife? You know? Same, con- same concept right there. They're basically shaking these companies down and I don't know that they're going to sit there and just cancel Fox News. Who knows? But the reality is, is if you have these people, st- if you have these people 
in Congress and they're trying to get the motion towards getting these companies canceled off of these off of the outlets that are carrying them then these companies might get scared that are carrying Fox News they might not want to fight that fight they might not want to be brought in front of Congress to answer questions so in that way you're they're going to make different decisions now based upon new evidence and new information that they have about what the Congress is going to do about Fox News and so forth. Like, they might say it might happen in five years, ten years, it might happen next year. Who knows? But they're going to make different decisions now based upon that. And that's, that's to me, that, that seems a little bit scary. That seems like they're trying to tread on the Constitution. They're trying to destroy the First Amendment. They've already figured out a way to do it, sidestepping the Constitution, because they've done it through private organizations. These politicians continuously bring the Facebook, Twitter, any social media they can, they can constantly are bringing them in front of Congress to question them about this and that and other thing. These companies, the social media companies are terrified. And you wonder why they're sitting there silencing people and quieting people and canceling people and kicking people off of their platform and deplatforming these people. You wonder why they are, because they're constantly in front of Congress, and Congress is saying, if you don't do something, we're going to. And that's what we've come to, guys. Congress basically sides up in the Constitution by just shaking these companies down. And that stuff needs to stop. But the people demand it. That's, that's the thing. We get the government that we want. We have gotten the federal government that we want. That's it. Not we, not you, not me, maybe, but the people are looking for their $2,000 checks. They're looking for their Social Security to be there in 10, 15, 20, 30 years when they retire. They're looking for the politicians to give them answers to their problems. They're looking for the every four years, they're going to vote this way or that way based upon what the politicians promise, promise them. We get, the, we get the government that we want. And if they're trying to eliminate free speech, we get that too. Because people are demanding it right now. In the name of safety and security, they're demanding that you limit free speech, that you quiet these voices, that you silence people that are opposed to the government. Since when is being opposed to things that the government is doing anti-government? Because I'm opposed to what a politician is trying to pass through Congress, I'm now considered anti-government. No, I'm a libertarian. I want limited government. I love America. I think it's a great place to live. I think the Constitution is the greatest thing that we could possibly have, even though it's a flawed document in some way. At least it gives some slightly guiding principles. At least it does that. Yet... We demand that they shred it. I mean, that's what we're doing. That's what people do every single day when they're voting for their politicians and promising this and promising that. Yet we know that the federal government was not designed to do those things. Was not. I mean, it was limited in its scope. That was the intention. So, 
we do get the government that we want. But the, right now, there is an attack on free speech. There's an attack on the freedom of the press. There's an attack on freedom of religion. And it's not popular to have a certain opinion about a certain thing. And if you speak out about it, you can be silenced, fired from your job, or whatever. And it's only going to get worse. Because people are going to... This is what's going to happen in this situation. When you have people being silenced, then other people see the silence that's happening, or the silencing that's happening, the deplatforming that's happening, and it makes people not say something then. They, they won't say something controversial. And maybe what's controversial today is something that really is stupid. Like, racism is controversial, and being a racist is stupid. But what about when they pass the laws to silence people, and then all of a sudden it gets turned on you, that you can't speak out against some injustices that the governments are doing. You can't stand in front of the courthouse and try to plead your case. You can't go to rallies because the government did something that is wrong. We've seen over the last year just how far the government is willing to take things. Yet we're begging for them to silence people until they start doing something that's going to affect you and then you're silenced because you demanded the silencing. That's a, that's a mouthful, I know that. But that's what, they're, that's what it's coming to. That's what we're going to have to deal with. It's absolutely insane, guys. I don't know what to even think. I mean, it just absolutely just drives me crazy just thinking about it. And, but hey, here we are, right? Here we are. So what's coming up in the economy? That's something that I kind of wanted to talk about because what's there, there's a lot of money printing going on. And I've been thinking about it because for my own financial future, my family's financial future... I think it's pretty important to understand where the economy is going, what it's doing. I mean, I have not thought for the last 12 years, sorry, not 12 years, probably about the last eight years, nine years or so. Like, I have had no feeling that the economy is just going to tank and go into the gutter, right? I haven't. I think when whenever Donald Trump got elected... I remember posting this in the Tom Woods Show uh, Elite, which is like the uh, the private Facebook group for people that support the Tom Woods Show. And I posted it right around the time that Trump got elected. And I said, listen, I think that the stock market is going to go to about 30,000. And I wasn't saying it's because of Trump or anything like that. I was just saying that there's a lot of positive thoughts about the economy because of Trump. So that does change people's viewpoint. That does make people a little bit more bullish. But I said, I think it's going to go to, and at the time it was like 18,000. And I said, I think it's going to go to 30,000. And the reason my, my thought process on it was that there was trillions of dollars sitting in banks on the sidelines that they weren't really allowed to loan out or do anything with. It's what the Federal Reserve did is that they capitalized these banks. I'm not sure exactly, exactly what the ins and outs were. I just did a little research on that time and I found that out. And I said, with like, I think it was like $4 trillion, maybe 3 or $4 trillion sitting on the sidelines in these banks. And I was like, once that money gets out, like, that's a lot of money that could be loaned out. That's going to cause interest rates to go low. Low interest rates causes people to speculate, causes people to speculate in business, causes people to 
um, invested it. It's, it's, it's a thing that happens where people, when low interest rates are happening, people will take more risk. And I was like, once that $5 trillion is out there, like a lot of that's going to get out into the market. A lot of that's going to get out into the, into the people's hands or targeted people's hands, I guess you would say. And I was like, I think it's going to end up boosting up the stock market. And sure as heck it did. Sure as hell. Um, because what happened was a lot of that money ended up in the business's hands, like Apple, Microsoft, so forth. They started doing stock buybacks and that they used that money to buy back stock, which then inflated the prices of these, of the stocks. And then ultimately we have stock market at 30,000 as Trump is leaving office. And I thought that and I was like, that's interesting, but you didn't see price inflation from all of that money going in. Like people were thinking for the last 12 years or so that there'd be rampant price inflation at some point, but you didn't see it, but you, but that's not, so price inflation is not necessarily the price of things going up, all things going up. Yes. That's generally what people think of as price inflation. And I, it, technically that is price inflation because the price of something is going up, but it's not what inflation is. That's sort of a symptom of inflation. Inflation is the sort of the injection of money, right? Is the way that you would kind of describe it. They're inflating the number of dollars that are out there. So if they inflate the number of dollars that are going towards cars, if they say, okay, we're going to take a trillion dollars and we're going to give it as loans for cars, then you're going to see the price of cars go up because the number of dollars chasing the, those same number of cars that are out there are are being doubled or tripled or going up. So if you have normally there's a $20 billion market for vehicles and then they say we're going to go ahead and add, you know, make it very easy for you to get loans and so forth, then you're going to have the inflation on the, the vehicles. So where you were seeing the most inflation over the last eight, nine years was the inflation of the assets that are in the stock market. Because these companies were taking that, those trillions of dollars and doing stock buybacks. But you also saw over the last several years, you see a lot of easy credit and easy loans and so forth as well. You don't see it as much in the housing market, but it's starting to get there as well. But we do have a lot more money right now chasing the same amount of goods because of the trillions of dollars being spent by Congress, right? You have people getting $2,000 checks. You have people getting or $600 checks, whatever they were. You have people getting money for their business to pay people with and so forth. You have people that are on unemployment getting not only the $300 or $250 from their state, but they're getting another $600 from the federal government as well, which is now at $300. They're trying to boost it up to $400. Like there's a lot of money being printed right now. And that money is going into the economy and it's causing inflation. It really is. And we are at a point right now where my feeling in general is that you're going to start seeing price inflation. And you already are. Like if you look at the, the, if you go to any fast food restaurant, you're paying about a dollar more per per value meal essentially than you were a year ago. I think you're paying $2 more per value meal. You go to the grocery store, you're paying that much more as well. I feel like we're going to start seeing inflation a little bit more 
than we have in the past, and maybe even a lot more than we have in the past. I mean, it's possible. When you start seeing inflation happen, it causes more inflation a lot of times because people start to see the inflation and they say, well, we better buy this now before it goes up in price. And then you start having a little bit of a runaway inflation like you had in the 1970s. Now, do we get to this um, massive inflation like you have in Venezuela where you're going to the store with wheelbarrows full of cash and you don't have enough money to buy a you know gallon of milk? Are you going to start seeing it like you're, you saw in Germany way back when as well, the Weimar Republic? Probably not. I mean, I would hope not. But I guess it's something to look into, guys. It really is. At least be ready for it. So what do you do? What do you do? How do you get ready for it? That's another question that I'm trying to figure out. And when I find out, I'll let you know. But a lot of people say, oh, invest in gold. Because gold is a hedge against inflation. I think it is, but so is any commodity. And technically, is so is any anything that's a that's an asset. So if you buy stocks, technically that's a asset. That's something that you own, and it's going to rise with the price. Now they say stay in like the safer stocks, the S and P five hundred, some of these larger companies that are selling consumer staples. Like those are things that you're going to want to be in for sure. Real estate, if you buy a house now for $200,000 and the value of it goes up to $250,000, at least you're sitting on your money, but it's going to be a good store of value otherwise. It's going to go up with, the value should go up with inflation in some ways. Like There's a lot of different options for you, but I don't know that it's just going to be something that's terrible unless you're a saver. If you're someone that has a hundred grand and it goes down by two or 3% per year, that means every 35 years it goes down by, if it goes down by, down by 2% per year, the value of it, or if inflation goes up by 2% per year, then after 10 years it's gone down by, you know, 10%, or excuse me, 20%. So, I'm just, I am concerned about inflation, and I just, I did want to kind of mention that today as well. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a there's definitely inflation in the automobile market right now. There's challenges with new cars and used cars. I know this for a fact. Um, so, and you've seen that for a little while as well. There's been pretty easy money in the automobile market and easy money in the automobile um, financing market as well. So, that you have seen the value of cars go up pretty dramatically over the last couple of years, especially in the last year. So you are seeing that inflation, but uh, I don't want to talk too much about it. I'm not an expert on these things. I just think that it's something to keep your eyes on and try to figure out a way to beat that inflation. If it does happen, that's, that's always a concern. Um, but if the inflation continues, you'll still see the stock market generally go up. I would imagine uh, because the stock market does go up with inflation because the asset becomes more valuable or not really more valuable per se, but in, in real dollars, you know, inflation, inflation adjusted dollars, I guess it becomes more valuable in that sense. So, um, anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me for another, another show. Uh, I think I'm going to change the format just a little bit, uh, going forward. I think I'm going to, what I'm going to start doing is I'm just going to focus on several articles that I find throughout the week and then kind of give a libertarian take on those things. I think that's a good 
um, recipe to follow on this show. I've wanted to make it more of a news show for a while, not just an opinion show, uh, but taking a libertarian take. So I guess that would be opinion, but uh, we'll see. And I might even start doing interviews. I'm not sure. I'm trying to figure out um, the best way to do those interviews as well. Uh, since I've never done an interview on this show yet, <laughs> amazingly, um, just never had the time and never had the desire to. Uh, I more do this for fun and as a hobby, so uh, that's why, that's why uh, you know I'm not trying to grow the show by any means to to the point where uh, you know I haven't even looked into really how to grow the show. To be honest with you, um, the only thing I ever ask is that you share it with your friend and that you. Uh, that you keep on listening and a five-star rating and review on uh, on your Apple podcast app. That's all I ever ask for. And then if you keep on doing that, the show will continue to grow. Uh, but that's not really my goal. My goal is just to, just to talk and have fun and uh, give my opinion on certain ideas and talk about the news of the day because it is really interesting what's going on in the world. And we are living in a different time, you know? I mean, we are so divided as a country. And, uh, there's not, there's not any relief in sight on that division. I don't think, I just don't see it. We don't have a political environment where they want to. I've heard that it's almost as bad here as it is in places like Venezuela when it comes to the division in places like Libya when, or not Libya, um, uh, several, uh, what is the, these countries, a lot of these countries down in South America have very divisive governments and that's what they want because you don't get to see exactly what they're doing to the people. The people are focused on the wrong things and I'm certain that's what our government is trying to do right now. What the politicians are trying to do right now is keep us divided so we don't see just what they're doing. Hopefully we have the people like Rand Paul in Congress, that'll kind of shed light on those things, though. That's what we're, that's what our hope is. I mean, golly, it's amazing just where we we are we are where we are now versus where we were like five or six years ago. Uh, but anyway, I appreciate you joining me. Like I said, share the show with your friends, and then come on back next week so you can have clear vision for 2021. I don't know about you, but I am always dealing with these clueless people on the internet and in my daily life, and I was looking to learn how to defend libertarianism, and if you're in that same position, you want to learn how to defend libertarianism, advocate for a free market, and win any political or economic debate, then you need to join Liberty Classroom. That's Tom Wood's Liberty Classroom, and you could do that by going to iontheempire.com slash liberty. If you do that, you'll be able to earn the equivalent of a PhD in libertarian thought and free market economics online for just 24 cents a day. That's amazing. Once again, go to iontheempire.com slash liberty.